Welcome back to the Goldmine Podcast. This is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine. Goldmine is the music collector's magazine, and it has been since 1974. Don't forget to go to goldminemag.com to check out exclusive content, and also go to our store, shop.goldminemag.com, to check out exclusive vinyl, unique vinyl, and collector accessories. Also, go to the newsstand and pick up, if you're not a subscriber, go to the newsstand and pick up the print edition at select Barnes & Noble and Books A Million stores. For this podcast episode, we'll have Chasm Selton. And for those of you who don't know him, well, you should. He's been the bassist for Utopia for many years. He also has his own solo career going, and he has a lot of ventures uh, going on right now. He has his own talk show, his own radio show, and that's on Radio Woodstock, and that's live on Sunday, 6.38 Eastern Time. Uh, And he also has a new podcast. He has a podcast that began in March. It's called The Unsung Podcast. It's a scripted podcast series loosely based on his life. Now, it's also a comedy series as well, and I'll explain why he chose to go that direction. But it's pretty close to home as far as based on his life. And you can check that out if you go to theunsungpodcast.com. And we'll talk about his new ventures as well as many of his experience as a rock and roll bassist. So we'll be right back with Chasm Sultan after this message. Hey Siri, how do you start a podcast? A frog pod is... Podcast. I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Unappreciated and unloved I guess I shouldn't whine My name is Alex Sultan, the bass player for some of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. Yeah, that's right. Welcome to my And after 40 years of being on the road, of course, what happens? I collapse on stage. And you'd think being sober for 15 years would buy me a little sympathy from my love and family. They didn't even show up to the concert. Couldn't find a babysitter. Bible study. Band rehearsal. For starters, there's my oldest daughter, Marnie, who's got a loveless marriage and a career in politics. In that order. I can't talk. I'm heading into a council meeting. Fine. I'll come to you. Oh, oh, no, no. No, Dad. Marnie's been holding this family together in my absence. This is a huge deal for me. It's election day and I need my family there. Oh, shit, Marnie. I'm sorry. Don't be. I won. Without your help. Apparently, there's three more people out there who love me. Then there's my son, Doug. Yeah, he's something else. Dad, you legit died on stage. It's on YouTube. Oh. During which song? Dad, we lost mom already, and I'm too young to be an orphan. You're 30. I'm 27. Who is going to adopt me? I thought he'd follow in my footsteps. But I didn't realize that men as a drummer in a death metal band. I just came from band rehearsal. Full makeup for a rehearsal. You dress for the job you want. And my youngest daughter, Kelly. A nurse with a heart of gold. Dad is lucky the Lord didn't take him, but you know... 
God works in mysterious ways. But I'm pretty sure the guy she's about to marry is a weirdo sex cult leader. I'm marrying a man of God, and Jesus will keep us on track. So you're marrying Jesus too? Ah, grow up. Then there are the other people in my life who make every day interesting, like my new best friend Frank. Oh, you gotta give the people what they want: music, personality, feet. My girlfriend, I, I mean manager Olivia. We need to talk about your career. Then there's my doctor, who reminds me of that guy in the paper chase. If you keep running around like this, it's lights out. And my granddaughter Sophie, cute, doesn't begin to describe her. I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. I'm not a stranger, Sophie. I'm your grandpa. I didn't know I had a grandpa. My kids think I'm ridiculous, raunchy, and self-destructive. Dad created an OnlyFans account. <laughs> and oh yeah, they don't know this yet. I'm broke. This is destroying my social life. But hell, I taught them all how to play music. I taught them to never quit. I gave each one of them an appreciation for life, and nothing compares to being together with your whole family. Am I right? Even if it is Staten Island. My life is unsung. There's no refunds. Trying to rank the tune, yeah. To a life unsung. Unsung, the rock and roll comedy podcast. Oh, yeah. Hey, man. Great. So how are you? I'm well. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Are, are you in uh, California or... I am not. I'm in New York City. I was going to say, uh, like your podcast, are you living in Staten Island? <laughs> well, I, that's uh, that's part of the podcast. Uh, part of why the podcast is is interesting because Staten Island is a very interesting place. Yeah, I've heard For some people I, I, anyway. I thought maybe you were talking to other musicians, or that's usually the type of podcast with musicians now. Yeah. Right. Well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? That would, <laughs> that would make that would make that would make sense. But, you know, um, we we like to think outside the box here on Staten Island. So, no, so, it's uh, very cool. I, I like the idea a lot more because there there are a lot of those podcasts that I just explained. And this is when you called it the unsung podcast it began in March. Um, why yeah. the word unsung? Um, it, it actually, uh, it started, it started as, um, it, it just, it started as an idea and uh, the idea was that, Hey, um, you know, I lead this kind of, uh, I, I guess for lack of a better term, a, a very, very interesting existence. Um, you know, I am, uh, like a lot of people in, in my industry, I'm, um, uh, I, I play with different bands, I, I, and I have for my entire career. I've played with a lot of people, uh, and uh, I also have a solo career, and um, and I'm also a family man. Um, you know, I was married uh, in my early 20s, and I have three children that, uh, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I raised by throwing money at them, uh, and my wife really uh what raised the kids um i was gone on a on a good year i uh, in terms of 
work, I would be gone probably eight months, maybe eight and a half, nine months out of the year. Um, and so the kids were, were raised without me being around a lot. Um, uh, you know, I don't want to make it seem like I was a complete absent parent. I wasn't when, you know, whenever I came home, I would take my daughter to the father daughter dance or my son to the Cub Scout meetings and stuff like that. But it's in talking to um, Michael Simon, the director and Scott Kushner, uh, the other executive producer, I, um, uh, you know, we we wanted to really explore the 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 dynamic between being a, a, a rock and roll rock and roller. I don't want to say rock star, but um, being a rock and roller and having a family life. And uh, and the way that I explained it to those two gentlemen um, at the very beginning was, you know, um, <clears throat> I'm on a uh, I'm on a private plane coming back from a gig in uh, in South Carolina. And uh, I get off the plane and um, uh, into the limousine and my my phone rings and it's my wife says, don't forget to pick up milk and the garbage pails need to go out. Tonight, you know. <laughs> So, uh, so it's that, it's that dichotomy between, you know, playing in front of thousands of people and, and, and all the adulation that comes with that, uh, or being involved in that, uh, in that environment, and then being a family guy. Right. And, and the uh, podcast, obviously, it's very close to home. And but yeah. you called the character Alec instead. Was there yeah. Just to give yeah, some space, um, some boundaries. Yeah, I mean, zone. you know, I, I think it would have been a little bit too um, weird, uh, a, a little too too <laughs> assumptive. Yeah, okay. too weird and too assumptive to to use my my first name. You know, we could we can get away with using my second name. There's probably a few thousand sultans in the world, <laughs> but um, there there aren't very. Uh, actually, there are probably a, a few thousand Qasim sultans. Um, but we wanted to, to take it away from my, my, uh, take it just a little bit away from that. And what's cool. It's a comedy series and life can yes. be very humorous. So. <laughs> well, whose life isn't, you know, isn't filled with some kind of comedy somewhere, you know? Now your, your character, Alec yeah. has a heart attack on stage. You never had any <laughs> yeah. problems, did you on, on stage? Uh, uh, not on stage, no. Um, oh, okay. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm pretty healthy, uh, yeah. um, and uh, I've I have been um, on stage with someone that has had um, a heart attack, right? Um, and it wasn't pretty, um, but uh, you know, I, it, it's yeah, it's just part of the storyline. You know, it's part part right. of like you know how 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 are we going to you know grab people in an initial few minutes you know and make them want to listen to to another five episodes or the rest of this episode for that matter well it makes the um character who is on the road when he has a heart attack yeah. come back to yeah. home for at least you know yeah. a certain amount of time right for yeah well he's he is yes he's forced to come back to home because uh he was actually uh in the in the the first episode he is performing at in his hometown of Staten Island. Yes, and yes. Uh, and that's where he has his uh, his heart right. attack. Granted, it is not fatal, 
Um, and then all of a sudden his children have to start taking care of him again, right. you know, or, or actually his children have to start taking care of him, period. Um, <laughs> and that, then that, that and, and, and hilarity ensues, you know? Right. Well, I like how his children make up, made up excuses, uh, not to go yeah. to the show. Um, and you know, oddly enough, uh, oddly enough, um, I have played in, in, in Manhattan and, uh, and in the surrounding tri-state area and, you know, my kid given my kids tickets and they're like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I had a wedding I had to go to, uh, or I had, a, a, um, a, my, my girlfriend, it was girls night out or my son had, you know, had something else to do. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, it's not. It, it's not because they're not interested. It's it's just because they grew up around it, you know. And it's it's not it's not a big deal for them to go see a show, and certainly not to go see their dad play a show. Exactly. You know? What one part I liked in the uh, podcast episode was your son, who's a musician as well, but uh -huh. a death metal band drummer for a death metal. Yeah. Band. He uh -huh. goes to he tries to have a conversation with you, but you're playing your guitar and you can't hear them so right. a way to communicate with you or to break through to you he jumps on the drums right yeah and you uh -huh. gotta start jamming <laughs> i thought that was yeah pretty he, cool for, he jumps on the drums and starts jamming uh and, and he actually knows my my songs and i'm surprised yeah. because um you know, it's it, you're getting really deep uh, uh, into the the dynamic between uh, a, a parent and a child. You know, it's like sometimes parents don't really think that children take much notice of them, um, and, and yet at the same token, they are you know they are totally um, devoted to their parent. You know that that child is is devoted. He might not show it, and he might not say it. But um, deep down inside, there is a, 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 a love uh, that uh, that, you know, that children always have for, for a parent, you know. Now, let's talk about the actors, uh, the, the voiceover yeah. actors. Um, I guess you mm -hmm. call them voiceover, right? It's, it's not an animated. Yeah, film. they're voice actors. Yeah. Um, now, you could have. Uh, why didn't you play yourself or play Alec? Was there a reason for that? You just you felt like it belonged to a, a regular professional actor? I, I, you know, I think that the, that, that part of the problem is, uh, is that I would have probably gotten a little bit too, um, too literal with the part, you know? Right. And, uh, and I think that, uh, that it needed, it needed someone to be outside of it yeah. to, um, to take a look at, at at that character and make it his own for me it, it you know and a grant you know again this is these stories are loosely based on my right, life it is right. not my life it's right. loosely based on me so therefore um to have someone interpret it uh that that does a lot of voice work that that is used to working in that voice. medium yeah. is is not is it's not a bad idea um you know, I, I listen, I wish I could be Larry David. You know, I really do. I wish that I could do I, I wish that I could write uh, and um, and star in my my own TV show. But uh, sometimes it's it's it, it's better to uh, to allow someone else to interpret it. And uh, and it just makes it more interesting, you know. 
Well, the actor, I'm trying to pronounce his name correctly, Sean Donnellan, he does a yes. good job. He does do yeah, a good he's, job. He's, a, he, he's actually a, very familiar with Staten Island, too. Well, he's... Um, yeah, he has spent he has spent time on Staten Island. So um, <laughs> I, I we were very very lucky to find Sean and um, uh, and and have him interpret that that character as well as he did. And, and does and yeah. All the kids are good. It's professionally done, like a lot of the yeah. professional podcasts mm-hmm. out there today, um, especially with fictional stories. And yeah. a lot of these fictional sto- podcasts turn out to be movies or television shows. I mean, do you have an ambition for maybe this to turn into something like that? It could. Well, that's how it, we, that's how we started. Actually, we started uh, with the project with the idea in mind that we were going to write a, a pilot with, um, you know, subsequent episodes and then try to sell it to uh, either a streaming service or a network. And um, after a few meetings about that, we decided that, you know what, that's a really, really difficult road to go down. Um, I, I mean, uh, you know, networks and streaming services are, are inundated with, uh, with ideas on a daily basis. And so rather than, you know, spend the next however long uh, trying to get it in front of a, a, a buyer, uh, in, in, in front of a, a, a a, a programming director or, or, you know, somebody we, we figured, you know what, let's just do it this way at first and we'll, and we'll let it develop kind of organically and, uh, and see what happens. Um, but there is definitely uh, a, a desire and, and a wish that, uh, that we can um, bring it to, uh, to, to whether it's television or, you know, or a streaming service or, something like that well the beauty of a podcast each episode you can uh, monitor to see what is popular Uh what works right yeah and yeah it's like a demo tape right yes musician yeah um but more so than a demo tape it has a lot of followers and and people who really like it i mean everyone from uh dateline to you know just um you know E like uh, television, mm-hmm. they do podcasts that turn into something bigger, you know. So yeah, you, you never know. I can see this working because it's unique, you know. Yeah, I can't think of anything where maybe a musician, but uh, a rock musician with a family. Does anything come to mind? I can't really think of it. Yeah, I mean, there was, you know, and I keep going back, Patrick. I keep going back to this. There was a show in the the either the mid 70s or the late 70s or early 80s of a dad uh, uh, and he had uh, he had a four track recorder and he was a musician and yeah. and it was just him and his son and uh, and he had a he had this four track tape player on a piano like like the, one of the main scenes was the living room and uh, and for the life of me I cannot find this show oh, anywhere I googled it um, I, I've tried to. I've, I've tried doing multiple searches for it. I can't. Uh, I can't. Well, he find was like it. a singer-songwriter. Sort Correct. Of yeah. This, yeah. But this is even better because this is someone who you know is playing with rock bands and on tour, right? So yeah. it has. I really like the idea of 
the the dichotomy of being on the road all the time and now having to be home all the time you know yeah Yeah. it's a nice i think it will connect to a lot of people not just you know not just a a musician who tours all the time but you know dads that work whether it's on wall street or you know Mm -hmm. construction and they're they have maybe they're the breadwinners they have to work constantly and they come home late right yeah i think it has a universal uh contact connection um that will definitely play well um see how it does uh I wish you all the best with it. And I think there's Thank something you. there. Um, yeah, Edward, yeah I, I hope so. I think it's, I think it's a really, really heartwarming and loving and, and poignant yeah. uh, uh, commentary on that, li- that life. And it, it's interesting because like you said, it could be anybody. It could be, it could be a construction worker or a police officer or a fireman. Police officers. Um, good yeah. Any, right. Yeah. You know um, what I used to, uh, just as an aside, what I used to tell my, my wife, um is that uh just uh you know imagine if i was in the military and you know listen thank god for for everyone who serves this country in that capacity um and and i am forever grateful for for all of the every branch of service uh in the military but they go away for eight months at a time you know and six eight months at a time sacrificing their life you don't know if they're going to return right um, yeah, that's the big difference between that and rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it could be something you know that happened on the base or something like that. I mean, they are. Yeah. You know, in the military. So, right. um, now how about some of the reaction of like, uh, have your children, your real life children? Uh, did you get some feedback from them? Yeah, all they want to know is when they can. When are they going on the red carpet? You know, <laughs> yeah. that's all. That's all they care. Like. Okay, so when do I get to meet Andy Cohen? And I'm like, well, <laughs> not right away. You got to give it a minute. Um, as a matter of fact, we are uh, in the process of putting together a a, a, a little streaming video of um, uh, with the actors and myself and the production team um, and uh, and a brilliant comedian uh, by the name of Jody Miller um, in Los Angeles who interviewed all of us. Tomorrow, my eldest daughter, uh, Alexandra, who is uh, in the in the podcast, her name is Marnie. Um, so we're interviewing my daughter tomorrow. And, oh, and cool. it's two questions. It's just two questions. What was it like growing up uh, in, in the household? Because she was there uh, from the very beginning. And uh, and what was and what do you think of your character? So I, I even I'm interested to see what she has to say. <laughs> she hasn't she hasn't warned you or uh, no 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 I I, I don't want to know I, okay. I actually don't want to know. <laughs> well, that that's pretty cool. You know, I could see I I could see you going on Andy Cohen. Uh, watch what happens. Yeah. Live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, start well, off as we probably have we probably have some some argument about something or another. It's, it's <laughs> like I would remember something that happened a certain way, and and all three of my children would say, "You're out of your mind." It didn't happen like that. Right, right. now yeah. you're you're very busy with other projects too, right? You have your uh-huh. you have a radio show, right? And I do. I have a weekly radio show. I haven't heard that yet. I it says that you people could call in for a live chat. Is that correct? No. Um, well, actually, um, not on the show, but uh, oh. we have a chat room set up so that um, it, it, my show is uh, 
it runs in different uh, at different times in different places. We're on in eight markets right now. Uh, but the main, my flagship uh, station is WDST out of Woodstock. It's called Radio oh. Woodstock. Um, and, and the show uh, is on at 7 p.m. Uh, every Sunday night uh, on Radio Woodstock. We're also on in like Roanoke, Virginia, Bowling Green, Kentucky, Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, Bangor, Maine, um, uh, and a, a bunch of, and three other places I just don't come to my mind right now. Um, in any, oh. Um, Abilene, Texas is one of them. Uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana is another one. So having said that, um, and I have this chat room set up, uh, that is, um, uh, that a bunch of fans that are complete, my, my loyalist supporters, we, uh, we get in a chat room every Sunday night and for the hour from seven to eight. We just sit and talk to each other and say, how's your life going? What's going on? Oh, I love this song. Um, oh, uh, and then, you know, we, they ask me some questions and I always make myself available for the people who support me and, and have been around for me from, from the, the early days. Well, I like the tagline. It says, it's my world and welcome to it. Do you yeah. play a lot of your material? Do you play stuff that you were influenced by? Or is it just talk radio? Like I said, no, 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 no. We play. Uh, I play uh, between fifteen and sixteen tracks during an hour, um, and, and um, it is it is a little informative. I do uh, I do talk about songs and and about what uh, what I I like or, uh, or or what interests me about a particular song that I'm playing. We also do a little factual stuff like. Um, I'll talk about the band uh, and and how that particular band was formed, or or, or in, something interesting that had to do with that particular song. Um, and but it's a music show, uh, and and, uh, and I play a lot of new music and a lot of old music. I don't play a lot of my own music because that would just be too easy. Um, and then the and then the show becomes more of a commercial for me and. Uh, that's not, you know, I don't, it's not that I don't need it. I, you know, it's always great to, to, um, hawk your own wares, but, uh, but this is about bringing music to, uh, to a wide audience. Do now you talk about your loyal fans. Do you ever share, uh, stuff with them like demos and say, what do you think about this? Uh, do you like this song? I have in the past. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I absolutely have in the past. I've uh, I've shared it not so much with family members because um, they tend to uh, they tend to like everything because they're afraid to say they don't like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, if I go to a fan with uh, and 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 beg their honesty uh, and say, listen, if you know, just let me know what you think about this. Um, I usually get a pretty good read on uh, on how things are going, and and, and I will share um, like good, uh, just piano demos or guitar mm -hmm. demos. Um, or, or sometimes they're a little bit, you know, uh, finished, but sometimes they're not. You know, it depends. Now, I like the one of your solo songs that uh, it's it's a recent song, "More Love," and it kind uh -huh. of uh, continues or carries on the the sort of Ringo Starr, John Lennon message of promoting love, which is good yeah. because that that's needed in the world today, right? Yeah, um, yeah. 
did that come from touring with Ringo or was that just something that came naturally? Because I so, know Ringo um, is always, always. Yeah, well, everything, every time, anyone whoever, who whoever has any contact with Ringo, he starts over with peace and love and he ends with peace and love. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, uh, and he, he is just a, a, the sweetest guy you ever want to meet. Um, so we, I, I, I had written the record along with the, with my producer and, and my very, very close friend and writing partner, Phil Thorn Alley in, um, in, in London. And, um, and we had, we had 10 songs on the record uh, and, and and he came to me after we had finished recording, we were in the process of mixing everything. And he said, you know, we need one more song. We need one more song. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, you know, well, let's, let's come up with something. He came up with the idea um, for, for the, the, the initial idea of the song. And it just developed from there. And, uh, and I thought that after it had been completed, that it would be really, really good to bookend the the entire record. Mm. Uh, like anybody listens to a record from top to bottom these days, they usually just skip around. But we thought it would be a really good idea to bookend the record with more love at the uh, as the opening track. And then, what's so funny about peace, uh, peace, love, and understanding? The Elvis cut uh, the Nick Lowe track at the very end. Um, you know, I. Uh, I just think that that yeah, we could certainly use uh, more love. We well, we, we could out. all. You yeah. put this out before um, what's going on in Ukraine, so yeah. <clears throat> uh, you put it out last year. Uh, yeah, so it's very relevant now. Um, Obviously, somebody didn't listen. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, now also, obviously touching on utopia you're going out on the road in july right um yeah we have some shows in july my my uh my version of uh, of the band that i was in for about 10 years with todd rungren willie wilcox and roger powell yeah. um it was a great band i um i i owe so much to those guys individually and collectively for uh, the start of my career and uh, uh and so there was a time where uh, in, in the 90s and early 2000s, when people would come up to me and uh, at every show and say, why don't Utopia get together again? How, are you guys ever going to do another record? Uh, oh, it would be so great to have uh, have you guys together again and playing music and playing those songs that we all grew up with. Uh, and I just decided that, you know what, I'm going to do it. So once every year. Uh, I put my own band together. I put uh, the, another three musicians and myself, and we learn a bunch of Utopia songs. And we go out uh, and we play um, like deep tracks from Utopia mm. albums. And it's I just have a great time doing it. And so we were going to do about seven or eight shows in March. Uh, unfortunately, three of them got moved to July. And now I'm doing three shows in new uh, on the 27th we're in new york at sony hall the 28th we're in ardmore pennsylvania and on the 29th we're in um uh, uh long island new york right. and one very exciting thing is happening at to with at least one of the shows we are i'm partnering with the school of rock in philadelphia and we're having um because i want to promote 
um, uh, new uh, uh, and young musicians being able to to experience uh, uh, being on stage. So we're we're having a a band from the School of Rock open for the show in Ardmore, Pennsylvania, at the Ardmore Music Hall. So there'll be 14 kids on stage before I hit the stage playing, and I'll probably wind up coming on stage with them and doing a song with them. And I'm just, I'm really excited about that. Well, the Utopia reunion, I'm trying to think, was that 2015 or 18? Oh, 18. 18. Wow, I'm going back mm-hmm. further. Um, yeah. yeah, that was one of Goldmine's biggest uh, selling issues on the newsstand. Are you serious? Really? Yes, I'm very serious. Um, wow. You know, bigger than putting the stones in the who. Um, Come on, is, you got to be kidding me. No, I'm not, because I think. Um, you know, people were excited about the band coming back, right? So mm-hmm. when they saw the band on the cover, they, uh, we had to take one of them. Uh, who was it that we had? We had to take someone out of the photo. Uh, Ralph. Yeah. We Ralph. Unfortunately, Ralph. Yeah. Um, Ralph got sick and couldn't, uh, right. couldn't join us. And yeah, that was one of the best selling issues in the last uh, about 10 years um uh, that's really i'm impressed actually <laughs> people were really excited about that coming out and mm-hmm. uh after the issue was done you know it um off the newsstand people were yeah, writing yeah. in saying how can i get a back issue and at wow, the time we great. didn't have any back issues uh-huh. or we had very small amount uh we didn't uh-huh. sell them online like we do now so yeah i have mine yeah we had a flood of people asking um, it was very cool. Um, but what was your favorite moment? Um, was the reunion one of your favorite moments as a Utopian member? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I uh, there's that that saying, you know, and Joni Mitchell says it better than anybody. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. The ten years that I spent in Utopia were they were they went by like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and no sooner did I join in 19, in 1976, actually we're 10 days away from the day that I went to Woodstock, uh, to, to audition for the band, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 44 years ago, 45 years ago. Um, and, and then next thing you know, it's the last show, uh, of the, we did a tour called uh, the tubes in utopia was the last proper tour that we did as a a four piece in the eighties. And, you know, then I went on to do a bunch of other stuff. Like I played with Joan Jett on Paul and Oates and Patty Smith and I mean, Patty Smythe and, um, and then meatloaf, uh, Richie Sambora and, uh, you know, just a a bunch of other musicians that I am blessed to be able to say that. but I always go, I always went back to my, uh, to my roots with Utopia. And I think that um, to answer your question, it was just the simple fact of being on stage with Todd and Willie. And unfortunately, Roger couldn't do it. But we had this amazing keyboard player guy by the name of Gil Isaias, who was making a very, very big name for himself these days. Um, uh, and, uh, and so just being on stage and record and, and and playing those songs in front of an audience with the with three quarters of the original band uh, or at least the original band that I was in um 
was just a, a it was thrilling and and I, I i'm just so grateful for that experience yeah the fans were very excited um, mm-hmm. they didn't want it to end but you no, had, no you've you've had quite a bit of experiences um I've heard you had, uh, well, you, Utopia toured, uh, they played Nedworth in 1980, right? Uh, it was 79, I think. Was it 79? Yeah. I mean, that had to be quite a, an experience. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, we had played uh, the year, two years before that with the Rolling Stones. It was one of the first Did you? huge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We played at Nedworth um, in 77 with the Rolling Stones. Um and uh that was like you know i mean there was there was i think it was three hundred thousand people i heard so, a cool story about paul mccartney he um at nebworth yeah one of those shows it, it was that was at the rolling stone show uh it was in 77 at the rolling stones and uh todd was uh you know they it, it's an outdoor festival so there's a, a huge catering tent that everybody uh, gravitates towards to, you know, between bands. Uh, and, uh, and I walked into the catering tent in the afternoon um, and I see Todd uh, at, a, at, at a, a bench table uh, having a conversation with Paul and Linda. <laughs> and I, I went up to him and uh, in the middle of his conversation and I whispered in his ear, I said, if you don't introduce me to him right now, I'm leaving and I'm going home. You will never see me again. <laughs> and uh, okay. So he introduced me to Paul. I sat down and I had a, a wonderful 20 minute conversation with him and Linda. They had just purchased Buddy Holly's catalog. They were doing uh, Give My Regards to Broad Street. And um, and he, he could not have been a nicer guy. And yeah. uh, I will remember that. Unfortunately, no one took a picture, but uh, but it's one of those memories that that will stay with me forever. It's amazing because Todd has. It seems like he's produced like uh, everyone's album, at least one of them. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. he didn't produce a Paul McCartney album. Um, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, another thing I love is that you're dedicated. You you spent a lot of time. Um, uh, about the benefits of recovery, and mm-hmm. um, and you performed with the Blackhearts, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. So you must know yeah. Ricky Bird's contribution to the cause as well, uh, which is um, quite, quite amazing. You know, uh, I, I I hold Ricky in the highest regard uh, because uh, I'm, uh, you know. I wouldn't be here talking to you if I wasn't in recovery. Um, and I am one of the fortunate people to be in long-term recovery. Uh, there are uh, millions of us out there. And uh, Ricky, uh, uh, and I guess we just both broke his anonymity, but it's okay. I think it's fine. Um, uh, he, was, he, he got sober uh, a couple of years before me. And uh, and had to put up with me uh, as a, a a troubled soul, it, 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 putting it mildly. Um, and you know, Ricky, uh, his whole uh, music career revolves around recovery now. And oh, I just yeah. think I think it's really it's just so brilliant what he does 
uh, all the records that he's done. Um, all of his records now are recovery based, and uh, the music's really good. He, yeah, it is. You know, well, you know, it's Ricky. It's Ricky Bird. He's you know he's like kind of he's got that Stones vibe and that you know that kind of like you know that 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 the Keith Richards swagger, uh, and uh, he does it really well. Yeah, yeah. What do I mean by that is that it's not preaching really. It's it's got no. He includes a groove with it, and you can you know get into the music first and then dig into the lyrics. So yeah, uh, I really like that. He, his his contribution to the uh, to the recovery community is 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 so admirable, and uh, I'm proud to to call him a friend. Well, I wish you all the luck with this podcast. I th- I think you have something there. Um, thank you, Patrick. And I'll, I'll be keeping track of it, you know. But thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you and, very uh, very much, Patrick. We'll talk soon, Kazem. Thank you. Okay, man. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye now. Thank you, Chasm Sultan. Thank you for the interview. We wish you all the luck with the Unsung Podcast. can definitely see that podcast becoming a TV show or TV comedy series, sitcom, what have you. And also, people, if you want to check out his radio show, go to Radio Woodstock, WDST, 100.1 FM. And that's a live chat, too, on Sunday, 6.30 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And also, don't forget to pick up his solo album, 2021. You can find that at your local record store. Don't forget to go to goldminemag.com for exclusive content. And also go to shop.goldminemag.com for exclusive vinyl, unique vinyl, unique CDs, and collecting materials. And, of course... Don't forget to pick up the print magazine if you're not a subscriber already at Select Barnes & Noble and Books A Million Stores. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine, signing off. We'll see you next time on the Goldmine Podcast. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.